Hello, my Truth Over T fans, friends, and fanatics. It's me, Christopher Woman, and I um, interrupt this regularly scheduled program that we normally have here to talk about truth over T to the LGBT community, to talk truth over these or with these senseless acts that have been taking place and the current events that are taking place now. Um, hence why they're current, I guess. Not to insult your intelligence, I apologize, but this is a... Oh my gosh, uh, uh, I don't even know where to begin with talking about this, but I figure nobody wants to really hear about truth to the LGBT community. People are looking for truth about what we're going to do about the black community, and that's fair enough. And I completely understand being an African-American. I actually like to call myself black, not African-American, but I'm being a black person myself and being an officer. I see the hurt, the pain, the frustration, the anger, and um, I'll use this platform to do something about it. Um, this is long overdue for justice for not just George, George Floyd, but so many others. Um, and I'll be honest, personally, this, this, uh, this one rubbed me more than just the wrong way. It hurt me. It, it hit deep. It hit hard. And I'm not going to get emotional, but not that would be, not that that would be bad. It's just, I just don't even know. But what I do know is that people are looking for leadership. People are looking for answers. So this next 20 to 30 minutes, I'll try to be whatever light and hope that I can be um, and shed, whether it's small or big, on this issue and these senseless killings. And from both a black person's perspective, a police officer's perspective, and even um, growing up in a very diverse home, having a white mother and a black father who adopted me at at the age of four, um, I've seen different perspectives. I've witnessed different uh, approaches to the subject, and I believe my diverse perspective can maybe shed light to many different people, excuse me, who are coming from many different walks of life. Lately, a lot of people have been asking me, with everything going on, what should they do? If you guys remember what I did do, I want to address that first thing. What should you do about all of this before we really even, I don't really want to deal with the facts of the case. I don't really want to even deal with the case itself. I just want to deal with moving forward, not getting over it. Please don't confuse that. I'm already feeling the passion firing up on the inside of me. We are not getting over this like we tried to do. What people are thinking they've done with Trayvon Martin and all these other people. I'm, I'm, I go to Trayvon Martin because that was the first awakening that I had to this issue. Um, and at the time, I wasn't an officer. But I just look back now. Trayvon Martin was, I don't know, how many years ago? And there's not anything has changed. And so we're not getting over it. But we need to get beyond this by getting some actions we're going to apply to it. So um, I posted on my Facebook, my personal Facebook page and said, I'm tired of raising awareness and um, people using social media as a platform to so-called quote unquote raise awareness, but they're not willing to do anything about that awareness they're raising. I'm not against raising awareness. I want to be clear, but I am against just talking about it, not being about it. So that brings me to the question people have asked me and I want to answer for you. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do about these senseless killings? What can you do as a white person, a black person, an officer, as a citizen? What can I do? What can you do? Um, If you guys remember, I did a podcast episode of Convictions, and I leave you to your convictions is what I kind of ended that episode with. And the same thing applies to this scenario or this situation, not scenario, but the situation and circumstance. The same thing applies. 
Um, like I told you before, truth is universal. So I can pull the truth that I talked to you about in the LGBT community and translate it even for the black community because truth is universal. And so the truth is, of course, Jesus, but how he's broken himself and his grace and his this word up for me and my life to apply it is we need to be led by our convictions with everything we do. And so if you're convicted to do something, do it. And that's what you're doing. And that's what you should do. I don't know why people insist on asking other people what they should do about something. Either you are one, already convicted on, or two, you're not convicted on. If you're already convicted on something, what your convictions or where your convictions lie on that is what you should be doing about it. If you're not convicted on it, you need to either get convicted on it by you know, maybe searching out your own understanding of maybe why you're not, um, get some understanding on the subject at hand, get some more truth so you can be convicted. Truth always convicts. Um, but that's, again, something you have to do based on where you're at. And what I keep seeing is a lot of people trying to do stuff that they're not convicted to do because they're not there. They're not. I can't tell you as an officer what you should be doing as a citizen because you're not there. I can't tell you as a black person what you should be doing as a white person because you're not black. But I can tell you our hurt, our pain. I can tell you our truth. And so this platform being truth over tea, I'll, I'll tell you some truths and hopefully it'll spark some conviction in you to do what you feel you need to do. The reason why I say be led by your convictions and I leave you to your convictions is because people that are not convicted when they do a thing, it's never genuine. And I want you to sit on that. Drink some tea, coffee. Some of you just turn to beer, wine, all kind of other stuff. No shade. I do drink wine from time to time as well. But um, it's just interesting. You know, people want to they want you to tell them what they should do, but they're not really genuine about doing it. And therefore, they don't continue to do it. There's not a consistency. There's not a, a continuation. There's no completion even with the thing that they've started doing because there was no conviction on why they even did it. Conviction is, if you remember, a strong held belief. So if you are strongly held or you have a strong held belief in an area or with a thing, that's what's motivating, there's that word, motivating you to do it. And that is your why. That is the genuineness of your heart. But if you don't have that motivation, you don't have that genu genuineness, if you will, that genuine with doing it, people will sense it when they taste it. You know, they'll taste it and realize this is not even genuine. So, yeah, you're doing something, but it's not genuine. So I think people are going to respect on a holistic level and a very broad perspective. Every person, black, white, gay, straight, center, saint, police officer, citizen, they're going to respect what you do based off your convictions, based off what you're passionate about, based off your motivation. And your genuineness is what's going to motivate you to do it and also what will cause people to respect you when you do do it. The problem is you when people are not motivated, or excuse me, not motivated, we're using the word conviction. When people are not convicted, they're trying to traditionally, religiously approach a thing or copy a thing that their hearts are not really in. And like I said, it's never completed. It's never finished. Um, it's not genuine, so people don't feel it because it's not heartfelt. And then and normally it tapers off. So I leave you to your convictions, like I said before, with other things. I leave you to, to your convictions when it's a, uh, a gray area in the Bible and what the Bible is saying or not saying in this area. And sometimes you need clarity on it. I leave you to your convictions. Let the let the Holy Ghost ask the Holy Ghost what you should do. And as Christians in these times, dark and evil as they are, which the word says that they would be, we need to seek the Holy Ghost. It's, it, it, my God, the thing I'm thinking of now that hit me just then is that we need to. Yeah, can I say that, Lord? I don't even know if I can say it like that. But 
can can it's not necessarily necessarily asking the Lord what to do. It's asking the Holy Spirit what to do. Holy Spirit, what should I do? You say, well, aren't they three in, one in the same? Yes, but specifically targeting the Holy Spirit, who is the who the Bible says um, uh, is the comforter, is the is the well, let's go there. He's the advocate. He's the teacher. He's going to lead you into all truth. And so that's the very thing that Jesus says. You know, we just celebrated Pentecost Sunday, Sunday. You know, that's the very thing Jesus says, I'm going to go away to so I could send you him. I have to go away so he could come. So I left so he can come. And he is, it's not an it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. it. He is the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is what's going to lead you in these dark and evil times. So maybe when you're praying or when you're seeking wisdom, let's ask the person who is giving it, the Holy Spirit himself. Um, let's go to that scripture. I believe it's in... John 14, 17. Let's go there. John 14, 17 um, is a good place to start. Excuse that vibration here on my phone. Uh, actually, for context's sake, uh, we go to verse 16. That's the first scripture that popped up dealing with the Holy Spirit. Um, I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and he will give you another advocate, another comforter or helper in some translations. And he will abide with you forever. He will be with you forever. He will never leave you. Verse 17. This, uh, he is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. I love this in the NIV. He says he's the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you and will be in you and will be in you. I love that. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. Um, so I'm not leaving you as orphans because I'm sending you somebody to shepherd you in a sense, watch over you and keep you. And that's the Holy Spirit. Um, I only reason why I said ask the Holy Spirit, not Jesus, is because I want you to begin to get Holy Spirit conscience, Holy Spirit conscious, if you will. You need to be more aware of the Holy Spirit in these times because the spirit of Truth, which Jesus just referred to him as, is what you're going to need conviction for, or that's what you're going to need to get conviction on, um, on not just this subject, but many others that we've um, discussed over the course of this, uh, I don't know, few months since January. So the spirit, I told you earlier, truth brings conviction. So why not let the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, convict you individually on what to do. I know you're looking for leadership to tell you what to do because that's what we normally do. We look up to somebody, but God's saying in these dark and evil times, the only person you're going to be able to look up to is me. And since you can't see me, you're going to have to know me. And you know me because I am with you and in you if you're a Christian. Now, what's, what is the prerequisite to get the Holy Spirit? It is not speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues, like I kind of just did a second ago, um, not for theatrics or entertainment, but the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues is one manifestation of the Holy Spirit or is one expression of the Holy Spirit. But you don't have to speak in tongues to have the Holy Spirit. In fact, once you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit because that's the thing that's going to make you saved. That's the thing that's going to, or excuse me, I just said not to call it a thing. But he is what's going to make work in you the will and to do what pleases God. Philippians 2.13. He is what's going to lead and guide you into all truth, um, which the scripture we just read said. Um, so... Let's actually go there. Actually, that, that, that scripture doesn't really bring it home like I like it. He will lead you into all truth. Let me see if I can find that. And he being the Holy Spirit. Um, I believe it's in John 16. Yeah, John 16. Um, first scripture that popped up here. 
uh, Jesus again talking to the disciples, which we all are, as we're learning to disciple our desires. I should say discipline our desires and disciple ourselves. But um, John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit will go to Jesus for you is what I'm advocating here. The Holy Spirit will go to Jesus for you and the, and you have to go to the Holy Spirit for yourself and let him lead you and guide you in all matters. But specifically talking about these Black Lives Matter issues that we've been discussing and have been discussing. And yes, all lives matter. But right now we're focusing on black ones, because if all lives matter, then the black ones that are not mattering to certain people or degrees to um, with those people, we need to focus on them if all lives matter. But um, nonetheless. I'm not a Black Lives Matter advocate in a sense or, uh, you know, any of those things. I'm just I'm an advocate for truth and it's simply wrong and unjust for what's going on. But what should you do about it? Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Literally, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Holy Spirit, I have these anger, this anger, this passion, this rage. I believe it's just because it's about injustice. But show me what to do about it. Holy Spirit, even as I'm talking through this mic, all who may hear or listen, Give them conviction by your truth, who you are, what you and what you are. Guide them and direct them in the truth through conviction of what to do and their perspective areas of influence. There's perspective connections that they have. Could they be doing this or not doing that? Guide them and direct them. Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth himself. You've been sent by the Lord Jesus and Lord Jesus was sent by the Father himself. So three in one. This is a three in one effort. And I pray that by your spirit. Holy Spirit, you guide us, you direct us and convict us on what we should do, how we should do it and when in Jesus name, in the name that's above every name. We seal that up. Amen. So we just quickly pray that prayer. If you prayed it with me, if you want to rewind it and go back and pray it again, if you weren't because um, you did probably know I was starting a prayer. Do so. Let's start there. Let's start with truth. What am I? Let's start with conviction, which of course starts with truth. What am I uh, to do? And, and we're going to seek the Lord about that. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, it'll open. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, it'll be open unto you. It's the scripture I'm quoting. Quoting. So that brings me to, let's let's look at this this other thing. If you remember 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 7 is our conviction scripture. I say, I go to as a rule over my life, as God gave me revelation um, on this scripture. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And it says, for we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our own conviction, our belief respecting man's relationship to God. I love this scripture because it says based off your relationship with God. So based off your relationship with God will depend on your convictions that God is going to give you. So that's why I always point people back to or lead them to their leading of their conviction. What is the Lord telling you? Because since we don't have a leader to look up to in these times, which I understand we probably do need one, but I'm praying that two leaders specifically that I know of, old pastors of mine, I'm praying that they will rise as rising remnants in these times to help guide at least God's people and possibly the the, the, the world or the uh, at least the United States. But um. Instead of always waiting on the next person to do it, what can I do? So when we talk about subjects and issues like this, and especially the ones that are so controversial and seem to be so layered with all these different issues and approaches and 
perspectives, like you don't even know where to even begin. What do we do in those moments? What do we do with those things? We have to see what God wants us to do regarding those things. And what God wants you to do may be different than what he wants somebody else to do. Because it's so layered. It's so multifaceted in a sense. It's so multi uh, uh, gener- I don't, can I say multi-generational, multi-dynamic? Uh, it just, it's just so big and layered. So we have to each take a piece and part off it, but off of it. But that means we're going to have to take responsibility for what we are called to do. I love how the scripture says every joint supplied. It says every joint supplied, and I'm going to get to the holy back to the Holy Spirit because I have something I want to show you with that, um, with Him regarding that. If you guys go to, where is it? I believe it's Ephesians 4.16. Yeah. Ephesians 4.16. And that reads here. For him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its, its work. Um, I love the regular King James Version where it says, um, the whole body fit joint and joined together and compacted by that which every joint is supplied according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. It's edifying um, the body with love, pretty much. So I love that scripture and reference it because it talks about pretty much your responsibility. It's saying there's a, there's a joint that's supplied and every joint must be supplied. And so it's saying everybody has a role of responsibility that they're supposed to play in the body of Christ. This is what the scripture is referring to. But more specifically, it's what it's referring to is what I'm referring to where these situations and these issues are concerned. I love verse 15 because it says we've already, if you guys remember, is um, speak the truth in love. And that's literally what that scripture says in Ephesians 4, 15. Speak the truth in love so people can mature um in the in the in their faith in the, in the body of Christ, and then it goes on to say, so every joint can be supplied. So this is going to take some maturity. Let's equate that to what we're talking about now. It's going to take some maturity, which is another form or way or expression of responsibility to say, I'm going to take responsibility for what I'm going to do or need to do, or even what I didn't do, and start applying some actions to change it. But what that looks like for you may be different than what it looks like for me. And, it's, and it needs to be genuine. So that's why I'm telling you and I'm leaving you to your convictions. If I tell you to do what I'm doing, it's not genuine, then people are not going to feel it. It's not going to be heartfelt because it's not coming from your heart. Man, I could preach on that thing. It's not coming from you. It's coming from me. So you need to do what you're doing. What are you doing? You say, well, I'm doing, you know, I'm protesting. Okay. Do you feel convicted to do that? Or are you just doing it because a whole bunch of people are telling you to do it? I'm not against uh, uh, protesting. Even as an officer, I'm not against protesting. More so on the side of peaceful protesting. But I'm definitely against anybody doing anything that they're not genuine about. Because it's not felt. It's not heartfelt. And then you're not even preparing yourself for what you're going to be stepping into when doing that. You talk about protesting. Yeah. That's going to take a commitment. You better be committed to do it if you're going to do that because they're macing you out there. They're tasing you. They're tear gassing you. And you better be you better have a conviction stepping out doing that kind of stuff. So what is your conviction? What is your conviction? Not what is mine and what is somebody else's. What is your conviction as a black person, a white person, a, a police officer? A citizen what is your conviction and start there and if you don't have one let's get one through truth let the spirit of truth lead you and guide you especially as a Christian on what you should do on the subjects and topics at hand I am an officer and I'm telling you this even as I am a Christian but before I'm an officer I'm a Christian 
That's why I'm standing up and saying something because I'm convicted to do so. Jesus wouldn't stand for such injustice, so neither can I. And neither should the church. That's a whole other subject. So stop trying to do stuff you don't believe and stop trying to say stuff you don't want to follow. I'm talking conviction, people. Conviction. And that's really my issue with the church, and I'm not going to get into that. Because before this whole incident happened, I was having that same problem that people are doing things out of religion and not out of conviction. And so now when we hit with real situations that we need real solutions to because we have real problems, not these fake ones, not these made up ones, not these ones we can kind of fake it to, until we make it, or the ones we can kind of cover up. No, people, especially like when you deal with the LGBT community, these are real issues, not to minimize on other ones, but they're so real because there's not too many resources, spiritual resources out there for them. So when a person says, I am struggling in my sexuality, you can't hit them with religion and expect that to change or help them because it's going to take conviction. Same thing with race and racism and prejudices and discriminations and uh, police brutality. It's going to take conviction. It's going to take people to be convicted on the senselessness of these killings. It's going to take conviction of people to see one another in equ through equality and through the lens and eyes of Jesus, which is and through his grace. It's going to take conviction for people to change and stop doing the evil and bad that they're doing. It's, it's going to take conviction for people to get up and do something about the bad that is being done. It's going to take, see, it's always going back to conviction. So why not lead with that if it's going to eventually come back to that? That's my, that's my, that's my point. That's my point. And, and through the times and, and issues, that's the proof that obviously people are not doing what they're convicted. They're doing, and what they're doing is uh, based off their convictions, or you could say your heart, their strong held beliefs. So when you, somebody shows you that, like Maya Angela, when somebody shows you who they are, believe you, believe them. If somebody shows you their heart, shows you their conviction, shows you what they believe in, you better believe that's what they believe in and stop trying to say, oh no, that's not what they believe in. And think that even if you're trying to help change them, remember, you are not responsible for changing them and you can't change them. You have to leave that to the Lord. But you better believe them. When, when, when people show you that they're racist, they have pride, they have lust, they have confusion. You better believe, oh yeah, what you see, because their, their heart is telling on them and it's trying to help. It. I really believe God uses it to help you to kind of help understand and know people. But I digress and I won't state too much on that topic. But we need to be led by our convictions. But we need to first have them. And if you don't have a conviction on a thing, you need changing or that needs changing, you need to search truth for that. That's why it's truth over tea. The reason why people are not convicted anymore to change, because there's no truth to telling them that they need to. They don't see an issue. So we have to show them the issue through truth. And so um, hopefully that uh, the conviction brings it home to them. And that's what we want to do. The truth helps bring that home and then therefore the conviction that follows. And so the Holy Spirit is what's going to be a big part in this whole change we're advocating and, and uh, raising awareness about. I know there's people out there who may not even believe in Jesus who are advocating change in these arenas. But uh, when we deal with like topics like this, homosexuality, homosexuality to be more uh, specific, and when we deal with racism, that's not a subject we can deal from the surface. We're going to have to deal with hearts when we deal with that. And I think that's the issue, like I said, I have with the church is that church should be the institution that deals with your heart, your morals, your values, your philosophies. But unfortunately, they're trying to cater to them by giving you tea and gossip and he said and she said and catering to your flesh, giving you what your itching ears want to hear. And so now when real problems come out uh, uh, regarding 
uh, the issues of people's hearts. Now people are looking confused, not knowing what to do, and they're looking for leadership. But the, really, it was the responsibility of your leadership to even correct that when they saw it. Man, I'm going deeper than I intended, but it's just coming out like this. Hopefully it's all coming together as well. But it's just very interesting what has come about because we have neglected and negated truth. You've neglected and negated truth for tea. You've neglected and negated truth for comfort. You've neg neglected and negated truth for money. People are even casting off truth just because it's going to be too controversial. It's going to cost them money to, to address it and to fix it. And really, that's what racism really came about. It was a, it was a monetary thing. It was mammon driven, which the Bible calls is filthy riches or riches people trust trust and so um that's a big part of people's hearts and when people show you that you better believe that stop trying to oh i'm going to change that or no that's not really who they are or, oh no 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 stop making excuses excuses are nails to build houses of failure as my spiritual father says or i say excuses just allow you to do it again when you make excuses for what happened to george floyd you just allow it to happen again especially as a leader when people show you this is in them we must address it. But how do we address it? Through truth. And, and as a Christian, how do you address it? Through the spirit of truth himself, which is the Holy Spirit. Asking the Holy Spirit what I should do and what I need to do um, regarding this. And maybe what I not what I need to do to fix it or change it. Um, or maybe the Holy Spirit will convict and correct you on about what you did to contribute to it. The Lord revealed this to me earlier this week. Sorry if I'm a little sporadic. But he revealed this earlier to me this week that you can't be unjust fighting injustice. You can't be unjust or unjust trying to fight for justice. You're unjust yourself. I was thinking I was telling this to a friend. Um, I was really grieved and upset that this individual was trying to kind of like, I won't call it black advocate. That's the wrong way or expression of saying that. But they were just pretty much trying to stand up for everything that's going on presently in these days and time. And you know, kind of voice their opinion. And I had to tell him, like, you don't really have a voice in this because you joke about it. You can't joke about something and then get serious about it the next moment and expect somebody to take you serious. That's that's just not, it's people have already, you've already shown them where your heart is in that matter. So they're not going to trust what you say because they already see your heart. And so um, it's not heartfelt, like I was saying. So I was just kind of trying to advise him that, you know, if you joke about it, you can't now all of a sudden get serious about it. If you've joked about it and you've swept it under the rug or you've overlooked it, or you didn't think it was that big of a deal. And now it is a big of a deal because everybody else is making a big of a deal. You're making it a big of a deal. No. And so I had to let them know you have to. That's not your conviction. You're not really convicted on these senseless killings. If you were, you wouldn't be joking about it in the first place. So don't act like you are now for the sake of being a bandwagon believer like we do with sports. And other. this is not a sport. I know for most you know, people, killing black people has to become a sport. But no, 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 this is not a sport. This is a serious matter that needs addressing and needs truth and needs revealing, heart revealing, heart corrections and change and needs to go to the, the root of the thing like Jesus did with the fig tree. Went to the root. The root is the heart. When we combat these issues, we have to go to the root, and the root is the heart. Jesus cursed the fig tree at its roots, not at its leaves. And watch this, church. It took a minute for the, the fig tree's leaves to dry up. So it's going to take a little minute to for correct course correction in these areas of racism, prejudice, police brutality, uh, people who acting one way and talking another, people whose hearts are evil and wicked. It's going to take some time to change that. So we're going to have to give God patience. 
We're going to have to endure during these times, which the Bible already told us to do so, because these are the times that will be the most evil and most wicked and the most, you know, these are those times. And so we need to be equipped and prepared for them. But um, we also need to arm ourselves during these times so we can endure in patience and letting and allowing patience to have a perfect work. So many different things I said there, and I want to try to bring it home because as you can see and tell, it's already a passion enough issue, and I'm not trying to add to your passion and definitely not to your anger. I'm just trying to stir up vision. And we're going to stir up vision through the spirit of innovation that comes from conviction of your heart and what God's moving on your heart to do as the other joints that are supplied. Stop going to one joint and expecting them to do everything. That's our problem in the church now. We expect the pastor to do everything. But the pastors, I mean, come on now. We're Christians too. What are you doing? Like, you know, I, I, I want to go to John 14, 26. Well, I'm on a tangent here. It says the advocate, John 14, 26, the advocate, the, the advocate, excuse me, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Bible refers to the the Holy Spirit as a comforter, an advocate, a teacher, a counselor, in the Amplified Classic Bible. So that's what he is, is that's how he's um, resembled or identified in the, the Bible and how he manifests himself in our lives. Comforter, advocate, teacher, counselor. We talk about going to counseling. He's your counselor there. All of these things that we're really looking for leaders to be, the Holy Spirit already is. So I guess in my message today is just advocating you to trust the advocate, the great and mighty Holy Spirit, the one who is truth, the one who will lead you, the one that will convict you. And, 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 and I remember even there was one scripture that says the Holy Spirit will even convict you of all sin. That's why the world does not perceive him because they don't have him and they don't know what's that's why they also sinning the way that there's nobody to convict them on it. See, that's why I have a problem with you saying you're a Christian who has the Holy Spirit because all Christians who believe Jesus have received his spirit. It's hard for me to for you to tell me you have the Holy Spirit. You are a Christian, but you are not convicted on wrong things, injustices, perversions, harm, pain, inflictions, oppression, depression, uh, um, or not depression, but oppression, suppression. Uh, prejudices and discriminations. Yes, you may have those things, but you're not convicted on them yet. You're not, you don't have any form or facet of conviction when the Holy Spirit himself lives on the inside of you. That's why I can't understand how you can think or say somebody's saved who's doing those things. Now, I don't want to go to the extent of saying they're not saved, but I'm just saying it makes you wonder and question, how can you be saved doing those things? And so, and I've already argued that point where, you know, we we deal with the topics of homosexuality, you know, and gay Christian. I, I find it very difficult for you to say you have the Holy Spirit who is truth, not your truth, who is the truth, who is the advocate, the counselor, the teacher, all, all those different things. How do you have that? Or not that, but him. How do you have him? And you're not convicted on that. Convicted on that, which is obviously... Uh, spelled out in scripture as being wrong and evil and wicked. I just don't understand that. But nonetheless, I digress. I don't believe any Christian is, is going to stand beside or stand behind and say the injustices that are happening in this country where black lives are not mattering, that that somehow is God. You can't convince me you're a Christian and say that and believe that. 
and not get convicted when you say it. So, I leave you. What should you do? I leave you with your convictions. And this is how you get convictions. You have to go to the truth. Read, read up on the word of God. I gave you some scriptures just to stir you up. But read up on the word of God and what the Lord has to say about injustices, racism, discriminations. Um, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of scripture that may not necessarily say racism in the Bible, but it will definitely say discrimination. It, it will definitely show, I should say, discrimination, a, a, a mistreatment to one group of people based off their religious beliefs, based off their appearance, based off their um, uh, whether they kept the law or didn't keep the law, Jews or Gentiles. And you'll see God make it very clear that there is therefore now no more. Jew or Gentile. There's therefore now no more male or female. We are all one in Christ. So if anybody is, ugh, how can I say that, Lord? If anybody is bold enough to attack the oneness that Christ has professed we all are, they are now an enemy to Christ himself. And so we should already know where we should stand on that issue. Is it wrong? The Bible clearly spells it out. And then seeking the Holy Spirit about what to do about that being wrong. So, pray. Actually, I would say, uh, yeah, you can pray first. Seek the truth on the matter, what the Bible has to say. Then hear some facts surrounding the case um, that could also help and also spark the humanity in you if you have any. Then the third thing is you're going to have to wait for guidance and direction by the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing wrong with waiting. There's nothing wrong with shutting up before you can speak up. There's nothing wrong with that. You want to collect yourself. You want to collect your thoughts. You don't want your anger to be misplaced with no vision for it. Anger with no vision is what's going to lead to destruction, chaos, confusion. It's going to lead to violence because you have all these angry people who have no channel for it and no hope to come out of it. So, yes, people are going to become destructive with it. So we have to seek the Lord for the vision and what he wants us to do with this anger so we don't misplace it. Seek the Lord. And so we're seeking him in prayer. We're seeking him in the word. We're seeking him in our quiet, private time. We're waiting on him for direction and guidance by his Holy Spirit. And then once you get the conviction, it will be genuine. It will be heartfelt. It will be motivated. You will be motivated to do whatever it is that God is leading you to do. And you now can respect it and even, even demand others to as well because you're doing it from your conviction. So I'll leave you to your conviction. What are you prepared to do? Because asking me about what you're going to do or should do does you no justice and serves you no well. I commit you unto the Lord now. Continue to pray and push back against this evil and wickedness. Continue to bind and rebuke the devil. Use the spiritual authority you've been giving because the Bible does say we wrestle not with principalities and powers of dark. Uh, excuse me. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with principalities and powers of darkness in this present age in Ephesians 6. So we're wrestling with spiritual things here and we're going to go to the root to stop this fruit. And the root is hearts. The root is from and in the spirit. The root is especially as a Christian, we need to be going to the root because the world is not. So let us attack it at the roots. Let us go to the, the heart of the matter, literally. And we will work with the Holy Spirit there as he works in these individuals everywhere they may be. Because there's racism and there's prejudice and there's bad people everywhere. Not in just certain communities. And so we need to understand that. And I'm not saying respect it in, in the sense of tolerance, but we need to understand that to appropriately attack it. 
So respect that, um, how God leads you and how he leads others may be different and respect what he's going to call you to do regarding that and take the responsibility when he does. I leave you with that and I commit you, like I said, unto the Lord. Remember, God accepts you. Grace changes you. And um, I pray our strength through these depressing, trying, tempting times. It's hard out there, y'all. And it, apparently, according to the word, it's only going to get harder. So I pray you have the faith to fight the good fight of faith. May God be with you and peace be upon this land. In Jesus' name. See ya.